Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today and want to give a very warm welcome to David Norton. David's a television producer and the founder of Ladder Up. He has over 14 years of working in the entertainment industry, helping television productions find brand partners for product placement and integration, sponsorship, pricing, and licensing partnerships. I've known David for most of his career in Hollywood, starting with a few different shows, but definitely way back when he worked on The Biggest Loser. And some of the more recent series he's worked on include Queer Eye, Next in Fashion, The Final Table, and Deal or No Deal. Today, we're going to talk about how brands can leverage television and streaming platform content and create partnerships for massive success on screen. We'll learn what works from David's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some people miss the mark. David, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Hi, Stacey. Thanks for having me. Would love for you to start off sharing with our listeners how you got started in the space. What got you to where you are today to doing brand deals on behalf of productions? Sure. Yeah, I actually came from production. I was working in uh, I was working for the Discovery Channel a lot, doing a lot of Animal Planet shows. Um, working in post-production and kind of made a transition into post-production technology, um, working with a startup that was connecting major studios uh, around the world to major post houses around the world, which was a lot of fun. Uh, 2008 happens. I'm like, oh, I, gotta, I better go back to school. got my MBA and wanted to just hop back into production, getting more hands-on. And my friend was uh, working on a show for NBC said, you should be a trade-out producer. You should be our trade-out producer. I'm like, what is a trade-out producer? I don't even know what that is. And he's like, don't worry about it. You'll be great at it. Um, and he's like, you got a production background. You've got your MBA. So you've got the business background. Um, that's all it is. It's just production meets business. Uh, so I'm like, okay, great. So jumped into a show that was hosted by Amy Grant called Three Wishes, short-lived um, show from Glassman Media. I think we worked on that together. We did. We worked on that I, one too. I met yeah. you the first yep. time at Glassman Media's yep. offices. Um, so we did about $3 million in trade-outs for that show. We just, we mm -hmm. traded out everything from cows for a dairy barn to a fire truck. I think Liberty Mutual gave us 150 grand to buy a fire truck um, to make a little girl's dream come true. So it was a lot of fun. Nobody said no to us. Um, and I was like, okay, trade-outs are cool. Let's, let's do more trade-outs. Um, NBC kind of took notice of that and said, we've got some people we'd like you to meet. Uh, I did The Biggest Loser, straight out of that one, straight into The Biggest Loser and Last Comic Standing simultaneously. So I was doing prizing, uh, did a big deal with Capital One for Last Comic Standing and just did so many deals for The Biggest Loser, uh, which was great. The Biggest Loser was such, you know, NBC was such a great partner for brands because they allowed you know, a lot to happen in the show, provided the brand was in good standing from a media perspective. So um, we tried to make it organic. We tried to make sure that you didn't see the money changing hands. Um, but that was, that was kind of 
you know, what got it all started and, and the biggest loser, I think, really put ladder up media on the map uh, as, a, as a major player in, in brand integration and trade-offs. How do you think way back when, it's not been that long, but way back when has changed from then to now? Surprisingly, I think in the last 15 years, things have not changed mm -hmm. very much. You see a lot of the same, you know, this production's open to this type of brand integration, this production's open to that type of brand integration or, or trade out. Um, you know, some, some shows are willing to do guaranteed exposure. Some shows aren't willing to do guaranteed exposure. The biggest change of course is with streamers like Netflix and, and now HBO max and Amazon coming on the scene and they really have a whole sort of bevy of, guidelines for what you can and can't do and, and what works and doesn't work. And honestly, we see this pendulum swinging and it's swinging very fast on the streamers. They, they, uh, they, they look at best practices probably a lot faster than, than a network. Networks mm -hmm. seem to be more entrenched and you know, the pendulum swung a lot slower on NBC, for example, uh, in terms of what you could and couldn't do for brands and shows. You made a comment a moment ago that NBC was very friendly to work with brands who are good standing with their media. So <laughs> we're, you know, and, and I'm trying not to put words on your mouth because you and I work in the same field. You know, I work on the brand side, you work on the production side. But when you're saying that, is it that NBC, in, in your opinion, you know, back then or even now, the networks, you know, they have restrictions on what brands are willing to work with because they're not sure. willing to just give advertising to in space and exposure in a show to a brand who's not actually paying for 30 second ad spots to run. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With the networks, I mean, their main business is selling advertising. That's, mm -hmm. that's why they exist yeah. to, to create con content is supported by advertising is free mm -hmm. content. It's not Netflix. I mean, we don't have to spell this out for your viewers, but it's like Netflix is not, you're paying, yeah. you're paying for Netflix. You pay your subscription. Uh, they have billions of dollars in subscriptions fees, so they can spend billions of dollars creating content. With NBC, you're not paying for it. You don't have to pay for it. Most people do pay for it, but you don't have to pay for NBC. You're getting it over the air. That's paid for by commercials, people. That's just how it works. Um, brand integration is there to, and, and trade-downs are really there to defray the cost of production or to make a show that's too expensive, more affordable and more, you know, capable of being produced. Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes I'll get a, I'll get a company that comes to me and they're like, Oh, you know, we we're deficit financing this. So we need to come up with a quarter million dollars or we need to come up with, you know, a hundred thousand dollars per episode mm -hmm. um, to, to break even because the, the production company is deficit financing it. So we're going to go out there and get the money for them, but still mm -hmm. they need to be in good standing. Those brands need to be in good standing with the network so that the network can either say, yes, we can do this brand integration with no additional media buy, mm -hmm. or, you know, here's this small additional media buy that's required, or they got to catch up. I, you know, a dozen years ago, I was in a situation where an office supplies company was needed for a, a big show. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we had one, we had the perfect company. It was so yeah. great. Uh, and the network said, listen, they don't spend as much as this other major office supplies mm -hmm. company. In fact, they don't spend at all. So if they want to be in the show and they want to get this incredible brand integration in this incredibly popular show, they've got to spend an extra $10 million with yeah. us to just to catch up, yeah. you know? 
So it really depends on, you know, like what's happening in the upfronts and what hap what's happening over the years and what kind of relationship does the brand have. Um, again, on Netflix and, and the streamers, you don't really have that because they're not ad supported. So at the same time, depending on the production, they may or may not want to take money. Um, so you may not be able to buy your way in. Netflix tells me all the time, we are not for sale. Um, if it helps production and we need it, and it's incidental, you can do it, it's fine, but we're not for sale and we don't need brands to make our shows. We've got the money we need for production. When you're seeing productions taking dollars on Netflix or other streaming platforms, you know, it's not that they're pocketing the dollars. They're actually usually no, reinvesting this right. into it's the content. Right, going into the content, exactly. It's always going into the content. It's always to make up a budget deficit. Mm -hmm. We're almost always made, you know, there to make up a budget deficit. Or just to make the content better. You know, we know of producers who will use it to get better music licensing. Um, I know you've this used it for um, a better story on screen where there needs to be a better, like, reveal. And so you need to have yeah. a better, like, super over-the-top experience for someone to be exactly. able to have. Yeah, 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 yeah. We wanted to give away something big in one of our in one of our shows. And, yeah, there was no money. That And that's what Three Wishes was all about. Mm -hmm. We We had a you know, very small budget to make these wishes come true. So we needed to go out and get something like half a million dollars in product every episode yeah. just to make these, these wishes come true. So it wasn't really, you know, there wasn't budget to make the show as big as NBC wanted it. Mm -hmm. So you have to go out and you get these trade outs in order to make the show bigger. It's very similar to how talk shows work with their audience giveaways because they need to do something to actually excite the people to come to the show, sit in their seat, build up buzz. <laughs> and that's where they do it. And the show's not going to go Absolutely. out and like purchase everything. Right. It's so funny. There's, we were, I interviewed at a talk show once. I didn't get the job. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but I'm probably glad I didn't get the job, but I interviewed to do the trade downs for a talk show once. And it really was, they don't pay their audiences but they have people who show up day after day after day, mm -hmm. like it's their job to get a free vacuum cleaner or uh, a free, you know, whatever it is that they're giving away, free vacations, free appliances, free mm -hmm. iPod, whatever it is. And those people will either, they'll, they'll put that stuff on eBay yeah. and they're actually doing it as a job. So they'll go and sit in the audience for, you know, four five, six hours, get their free product, go sell it on eBay, come back the mm -hmm. next day, do it all over again. So but that's how you get an audience. I mean, you, you need a hundred people in the audience and you would have to pay them each, you know, $200 a day. That's a lot of money um, for a talk show that's shooting five day, you know, five episodes a week. When instead a brand can simply provide the product, it's their wholesale cost that it costs them shipping yep. if they're not providing it on set. And then the show scratching their back in return by giving them some messaging and beauty shots and logo love. Yep. It all works. It's all full circle. Now, on some of the network shows that you've worked on, if you're not a national advertiser, that doesn't mean that the door is shut. It actually means that the door may be more open in some Isn't cases. Funny? Yeah. yeah, we'll oftentimes have a, a contract with a, a network that says, "Oh yeah, you can you can put non-national advertisers on the show. Non-national advertisers can even pay integration fees, and we don't need media from them." It's harder because most non-national advertisers don't have the budgets, uh, frankly, if you don't have an advertising budget. I mean, you look at an integration that may cost what, you know, one or two 30-second spots would cost. 
And, and this same brand is buying hundreds of 30 second spots. You know, you look at these integration fees and it's really almost nothing compared to uh, the advertising that they're placing. Um, it's the same thing, it, it, celebrity, you know, we talk about celebrity endorsements sometimes because you'll have, you'll have talent in the show who's getting a multi-million dollar, you know, celebrity endorsement for the brand. And you're trying to get them to do one little thing for a brand in the show and they don't want to. And, you know, we're getting paid, a, you know, a small percentage of what they would get paid yeah. for their, their endorsement. It's, it's wild. You know, brand integration is incredibly cost effective. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure what we need to do to drive the pricing up, but it's, it's really, it's there. It's about the same cost yeah. as a 30 second spot. And what, yeah, we spend a lot of time, the whole reason I started this podcast, the whole reason we started our blogs, I mean, we are incredibly, incredibly active at Hollywood Branded on trying to educate brands and agencies on the power of product placement and the cost affordable uh, levels and the low CPMs yeah. on it. And it just, it's shocking because I think brands don't get it. They don't get the power. They don't understand that when a brand is baked into one episode, it's now there for life. It is going to be there in 20 or 30 years when that show is still being replayed. It's the Friends, it's the Office, the Seinfelds. You're still seeing the placements from back in the day showing up and they Not have amazing. relevancy. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. And even though the contract says that the network can take it out for future airings, yeah. they rarely do because there's cost associated with yeah. that. Um, and, and it's in there because, you know, there were companies, there are companies around who will do digital replacement. Yeah. Like you can turn a Coke can into a Pepsi can. Um, how often that happens? I don't think it happens very often. I think it's very rare that you go back in and change a, a brand integration or a product placement for, you know, for, for reruns or for syndication. I just, I just don't think it happens that often. Maybe it does. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe no, it's scripted more it's, often. It's not happening actually. And the reason why it's not happening is rights holders, because if those dollars come in, you know, that brand, you know, how much consideration goes in by a producer to say yes or no, that brand can be in our, right. our episode. So if you want to go in later on and digitally change that and plop it in as some companies are trying to do, you know, the brand was originally cast. It's almost an actor. It's a piece of talent, oh, right? All the stakeholders have to sign off again, which right. is never going to happen. How do you figure that out? And the old contracts uh, certainly don't have rights baked in to change out imagery like that. And then who so actually funny. gets the money? Because right. who is the end all rights holder who owns that property? It's not necessarily who originally owned it um, when it was being right. produced. And so there's a lot of issues and, you know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, the fantastic world of digital product placement, we can just pop something in there, but it, it actually affects the story. Yeah. 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 It's so. funny that the technology is good though. We, yeah. we used the technology and it uses motion, motion tracking and, you know, 3d and, and maps and all that. And it's very interesting. Um, I, I used it in, in a, in a show to enhance a brand's logo because yeah. you just couldn't see the logo. Oh, yeah. And, and I remember going to the producer um, and, you know, ad say I was working with ad sales. This was one of those mm -hmm. where, you know, ad sales and I had sort of worked in partnership to bring the brand to the table and to get it in the show and worked mm -hmm. with the producer to script it. This was one of the rare scripted shows that I did. And, uh, and the, the producer was like, it's going to look like crap. We can't do it. And we're like, 
and we went into post and I'm sitting in the edit bay with the producer and and it looks perfect. Yeah. And he was so mad that it looked perfect because now he's because he was like, now we're gonna want to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because because yeah. um, I was just watching another show that he produced, a uh, brand new show that just came out by the same producer. And that technology of the of the um, the motion digital. tracking uh -huh. and the digital insertion is throughout the show because yeah. it's like, like said in the future kind of show. So they're 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 using it throughout the show. And I'm like, I wonder if he came up with that you know yeah. special effect because of what we did you know a decade ago on that yeah. other show we produced together. Yeah. Well, the technology is definitely there. Where I've seen it work also really well is if something needs to be geo. Um, specific localized so let's say yeah. you have oh, yeah. pepsi in the united states and pepsi has a different logo and branding in china and india and and yeah. and and you can go in there and actually tweak and change it so that if you're doing it beforehand works. it works really mm -hmm. well like if you're yeah. planning this out and i think that's a big thing you know i'll get i'll get brands after the fact asking for things like oh did we get this did we get that and it's like yeah. you didn't ask for that you didn't negotiate it it's not in the contract like make sure everything is clear that's a probably a big in terms of tips and tricks for your mm -hmm. audiences make sure everything is clear if you want five photographs ask for five photographs yeah. for promo if if you want to make sure that your brand is this way it needs to be spelled out in the contract because they're not yeah. they're they're rarely going to you know oftentimes we over deliver but we want to over deliver in the direction that the brand you know really really needs and I think my biggest tip for, for brands in terms of what's working is be flexible. Go into it with that expectation of your brand is going to be portrayed positively, but let the give the producers creative leeway. They're the creative, you know, whatever's behind this thing. The more leeway and the more positive you are, the nicer they're likely to be to your brand in the show. The more you spell it out, this has been my experience a lot, the more it's spelled out so specifically, you're only going to get that. Yeah. Like you're never gonna get, the, the more specific you are, you're never gonna get more than that. If, you're, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you give guidelines and suggestions and maybe some guardrails, but you're, but you're cool about it, like don't underestimate the power of being cool as a brand. Mm -hmm. Like be cool about it. The producers will be cooler about what they're able to give to you. It'll come across more organically. The more organic it is, the more likely the network will say, yeah, leave that in for the whole thing. I mean, we had a brand that was super cool come into um, you know, one, of our, one of our shows and the minimum exposure was go shop in store, touch this particular product and give us a logo visual once. That turn and, and we could have done just that, right? And sometimes that's what it turns into in that show. It turned into several minutes of being in their store, shopping. The the talent is saying the name, which wasn't even the verbal wasn't even a requirement. Um, it, it, was, it wasn't even available. You know, this right. network doesn't even allow verbals. Right. Um, and they ended up getting almost four minutes. I mean, the media value of that with multiple verbals, multiple vi visuals, mm -hmm. and talking points. They didn't even give us talking points, but it's like they hit the talking points of what would have been had they given it to us for the particular product they wanted us to touch. So the beyond that you can get when you're cool and you keep it, and you keep it, you know, expectations 
um, reasonable is is just amazing. I mean, the media value is probably 10x what they paid uh, for that brand integration. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why you know businesses like yours with Letter Up and mine with Hollywood Branded exist is being middlemen, we're able to actually speak the production language as well as the brand language and help them come together because where everything goes wrong and where I think you have a lot of agencies and brands say, I'm not willing to cut just a couple of commercials to do this integration is they want so much control. Yeah. And the production wants to be creative. And sometimes, unfortunately, on the flip side, the production wants to be so creative, they don't want to hit anything that would actually make the brand happy. And that's why when you're working with companies and agencies like ours, mm. you know, it, it helps have that voice where you can find that middle ground and actually understand what each needs. Yeah. And we've started writing contracts that, um, that allow for incidental exposure, allow the production company to get paid for it if it happens organically, but also set an expectation that if it doesn't, if it's not happening organically, you know, no harm, no foul, it just doesn't happen and they don't, and they don't pay for it. So we'll set, we'll set a deal where it's like, okay, we're going to do, you know, up to two integrations with up to this exposure. Mm -hmm. If we hit these benchmarks, if we hit these key points, then we get paid. If we don't hit those key points, we don't get paid. Um, but we try. We love making those deals um, because it allows it to be organic, which is yeah. better for the show. It's better for the brand. And it keeps these, these networks that aren't for sale happy. Yeah. And we've done a lot of that also where it's tiered. So at this level, if you hit this much, it's going to be this. And, you know, we still want the brand to, and the production still wants the incentive because some are more incentivized by money than maybe some of the shows you're working on, um, where at least there's lower tiers. So they still feel like it was worth the effort to at least go that half mile. They didn't go right. the entire mile. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Right. What are some of the other issues you sometimes see with brands? What are the mistakes they make besides asking for too much creative control? I, I see brands missing out on big opportunities because mm -hmm. they want more information than is available. Mm -hmm. um, you have to understand Netflix does not gather demographic information about their subscribers. Netflix doesn't know how old their subscribers are. I mean, they might know, but they don't ask for that. They don't ask for a birthday when you sign up yeah. for Netflix. So if a brand comes to me and says, oh, I want the 18 to 24 demographic, all I can do is sell them a show that's targeted at that demo. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't give them any data. Yeah. You know, um, I know Nielsen is working to to create that data, but you know, Netflix disputes whether their numbers are accurate yeah. or not. Um, there's other, you know, big brand integration agencies who are trying to come up with data. And as I compare it to Netflix's data, there's a lot of disparity and mm -hmm. not that Netflix actually gives me any data. I don't have any data. I don't know how <laughs> many people are viewing it. Um, but we know given that subscriber base on, on you know, a streamer like Netflix, like everyone, everyone has a Netflix subscription now. Yeah. There's billions of hours of Netflix being watched every week. They just added, I, I, I saw the number, they added like 18 and a half million subscribers mm -hmm. last quarter. Just incredible, yeah. um, the, the reach of it. So the biggest mistake I see brands making is sticking with, you know, older channels that don't deliver 
the exposure that we believe these streamers are delivering mm -hmm. just because they have data on it. Yeah. You know, so you end up paying more for less because you can confirm that you got less, um, yeah. but you can't confirm that you got the more, even though logically we know you did. So, so that's a big mistake. The other mistake is being the biggest mistake uh, I also see is being too specific about your creative or, or holding too firmly to specific creative um, in, instead of allowing uh, brands creative control. Um, another mistake I see is taking too long to close a deal. Brands need to learn to move faster. This is such a small percentage of their budget in most cases. They just need to move more quickly um, and, and close the deal and, and, and get it done. Um, uh, be comfortable with uncertainty, like in terms of a tip for brands, be comfortable with, an un with uncertainty, especially with streamers. They're not going to tell you when something's going to air. So just know that it's probably going to be a year after you, you know, are in production on that particular integration. You're probably not going to see it air for a year. So go with evergreen or go with something that's coming out, you know, next year, don't tie to releases. If you want flight dates and you want, you know, specific release dates, you know, you're going to spend more and go with a broadcast network. Well, um, guess what? Even if you have all of that, something called COVID-19 can come in and just <laughs> blow off your release schedule. <laughs> it's nuts. I mean, we're, we were in production on um, three different shows when, like ladder up was in production on three different shows and pre-production on a couple more and here comes COVID. fortunately one of them was able to do the finale you know our hbo max show legendary that's um coming out may 27th that's very exciting um is uh was in was into its final episode and we did the finale with no audience okay but we just sort of squeaked by got it into post-production drives got sent to people's houses so we could cut it um, is being cut and, and, and finalized now, but just under the wire, but other stuff, I mean, I've got a warehouse full of product for, uh, for queer eye. That's just like, just waiting for us to come right. waiting for Texas to open back up. You know, one of the other things that you didn't, you, you've touched on it, but you didn't dive into it is where I think brands make mistakes where, they're looking for tried and true. You know, you mentioned Legendary. It's a phenomenal, very big show, and it's going to do quite well. But even yeah. talking to some of our clients, you know, there was resistance because, oh, we don't know the show. People seem to like, you know, second seasons, and yes. they're afraid to take the risk on the first. But the first season is where you can get the most affordable brand opportunities and some yep. of the biggest opportunities because once it shows a known success, it's going to clamp down on what those brand opportunities are. If yep. you're a brand who's willing to go in and actually help a production solve a need that they have because they want to make their story better and you get in on the early days, you're building a relationship that is going to carry you from one season Preach. to the next. It's yeah. so true. No, it's so true. And you can get in at a lower level and then, and then be the brand yeah. for that show, you know, um, to, to kind of, like you said it perfectly, by the way, but another point to add on to that is with streamers, you may have a hit show that only goes one season. Like it could be, 
It's like, this is an amazing show. It's a perfect fit for the brand. It's going to get millions of views. It's going to be up on that streamer for, you know, in perpetuity, right? And it's just going to keep getting more and more viewers year after year after year, uh, week after week, but it's not going to go a second season for a variety of reasons. Even if it's a great show, it may not go, or that second season may be two years in coming. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you're looking at a production cycle where a new show, you know, shoots, airs a year later, and doesn't get greenlit for a season two until after it's aired, right? Now it's going to go into production six months after that, and it'll air a year after that. So you could have a gap. I mean, we're seeing gaps on Amazon of two years between shows, right? It's like driving me crazy as a fan of the Marvelous Miss Maisel. Like, come on, Mrs. Maisel, whatever. Incredible show, but the gap between the the seasons is just like infuriating. Um, But I think brands need to, like a big tip is, Go for those season one shows. If it sounds good, it's going to be good. Um, And the audience is so huge and the distribution is so massive on these big streamers that it's going to get way more views than anything you could do on, you know, another episode of Cousins on Call or whatever (laughs) is on HGTV, (laughs) you know, like you can do that tried and true, but it's just going to get lost in the, in the morass. It's not going to, it's not going to get those eyeballs. Um, that you want. It's not going to be as meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be one of many. Um, yeah. Coming on a season one, you're going to be one of very few brands in that show. Um, and that's another thing that we're, we're trying to do really well is only put a few brands in a show. Um, don't ask for too much. Let's, let's, let's keep it natural. Let's not see the money changing hands. Let's respect that viewers are paying for this content. Like, that's a big thing with Netflix. Respect that viewers are paying for this content and don't try to be too heavy-handed with your brand integration. Yeah. Like keep it easy, keep it natural. If it's incidental to the scene, it's going to be great. Um, if you're if you're putting a commercial into the show, you're going to make that paying customer of Netflix upset, and it's going to turn them off to your brand. You just don't want to have cringy product placement. I mean, no, no one wants cringy that product placement. because when it's cringy, people are going to social media and they're calling it out, and that's not good for the production, and it's really not good for the brand. Yeah. 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 And please, brands, get on board with this because the more you make cringy, the less the networks are going to let any brand do. And that's the, that's the thing. We've all got to kind of work together to create an environment in which brands are respecting producers uh, and viewers mm-hmm. and not asking for too much, but asking for the right things at the right time. And that's going to build trust with uh, distributors, which will allow for more product integration um, that's meaningful and fits with the show and supports the creative rather than getting in the way of the, the, the entertainment. Well, David, how can people find you? So if there's a production out there and they're like, I need to hire David, <laughs> he's going to be my trade out pricing integration product placement guy. I love it. Uh, David.Norton at ladderup.net. Shoot me an email. That's Perfect. the easiest way to do it. And uh, ladderupmedia.com. I think there's a website up there. There is. There is. I looked at it. Yes. You have a website. It's not terrible. It's not yep. terrible. Nope. I fixed it up recently. So uh, I think they can get on there and send it. But just send an email, david.norton at ladderup.net. Uh, it's always there. I'm always awesome. there. Any last words of parting advice to our listeners today? 
Gosh, take a chance on brand integration. If you've never done it before, uh, try it. At least do a trade out or a prizing or something. I have a lot of brands who, who come and do um, you know, trade on some brand integration with me for the first time. I don't know how many times I've heard, we've never done that before. Mm -hmm. And then they come on board, they trust us, uh, they, 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 they do it, we deliver, and their mind is blown. Yeah. So take a chance, give it a shot, and see what it can do for your brand. It's, it's very, very cost effective. Well, David, thank you so much for sharing the insights and time with us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Stacey. Have a great day. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you next week.